Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 352. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's cracking? This is a DC Comics podcast. We get together and we talk about all the books that came out this week that we read, which this week is not that many <laughs> because uh, it's a weird publishing week and the books we'll be talking about today consist of Superman Lost issue 2, Matt read Wildcats issue 6, and we'll talk about Danger Street issue 5, and that is it for the new books. Although I do have a Patreon book, I'll be talking about yeah. Batman and the Outsiders issue 2 from the, uh, the 80s. So uh, that is what's coming up on today's show. We do have an extra little quiz activity that uh, David designed for us. That oh we'll do. no, this is his revenge. <laughs> we'll get to that uh before we get to the books but we do have some news at least i, I was hoping we'd have solicits we're not going to get those till next week but we do at least have some meaty news items to to discuss so uh that's what's coming up on the show this week so welcome welcome all ye enter here <laughs> abandon all hope <laughs> here. uh this said as the morning at the park where i played football there was an old man with a very long beard i'm pretty sure he was a wizard uh, who wanted to put us on a side quest, but we were all too tired. You should, so, should up and ask them if you knew uh, Alan Moore. Yeah. Do all the wizards know Shit. each other? Do they congregate? Shit, what if it was Alan Moore? Uh, just walking through Vegas, long old beard blowing in the wind. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, does, does beg some thoughts. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, there's plenty of time this week, Matt, for the Comics Ultra Top 10, as you know. There is. So we'll uh, have a quick look at this. So this is, uh, we'll look at obviously the books released on Tuesday, and then we'll look at the books released on Wednesday, because Comixology split them up out of the two days rather than mix them. So uh, what do you think the number one selling book from DC was as of right now on Comixology? Um, I'm trying to get to the to the site that I'm on, and they changed everything of, of the thing. So let me, let me see what other books besides the three that we talked about came out, if there's any that could enter... And it's definitely one of the three that came out. It's not a trade. Uh, yeah, it's not a trade. Okay. I'll, I'll throw a risk out there and say Danger Street 5. Nope. No, nope. there we go. Is it is it Superman Lost? Yes, yeah, Superman Lost is oh, number cool. one. Uh, number two is Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods. Wow. And then number three is Danger Street. Number four is Wild Cats. Number five is Batman Incorporated. And then number six is Sandman Universe, uh, whatever that book is. And then number seven is Batman The Avengers Continues, which, the fact that we're at that book and we're only at number seven tells you there's not a lot out this week. In fact, yeah. number eight is a trade. Next is Detective Comics, uh, volume whatever, uh, by gotcha. Tamaki, uh, which I'm noticing has one review at one star on Kindle slash Amazon. I... I I don't know, hmm. that seems a bit harsh. Uh, I, I quite like Tamaki's run. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, mean I can understand people not liking the Arkham stuff. The Arkham well, no, to be fair, this isn't the Arkham stuff. This is the oh. co-written Riddler arc that came after, which uh, admittedly it was the weaker, yeah. but it's not one star, not bad. Not one star, though. Yeah, not one star. <laughs> it, it was more mediocre. It was not uh, terrible. Yeah. But hey, uh, and then... Hell, DC didn't even release a lot of trades this week because 9 and no. 10... Well, 10's technically DC, actually, but 9's uh, Gun Honey Volume 2. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Nor do I, but the the front cover is uh, a a woman who is coated in nothing but seemingly honey. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very much going for a sexy cover. Uh, 
and she's holding a gun, which some people also find very sexy. There's a lot of sexiness attempts going on here. Uh, number 10 is Mad Magazine issue 31, which is technically DC, actually, but, you know. Mad Magazine making it out of the top 10 tells you everything you need to know about how many books DC put out this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, that is that. That is the, the top 10. Uh, although that still beat Batman Scooby-Doo, which... Uh, I, yeah, I feel that, though, that's a, you know, a niche book that, you know, people people might not be uh, buying digitally, you know? Yeah, that's probably true. But I, I also imagine that that might even get sold to places that aren't regular comic shops. Yeah. I feel like that may just go into places for young kids to get. Books, but, yeah, yeah, bookstores. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, so Wednesday then. What, any yeah. guesses for what Wednesday's top seller? Well, I book? see an X-Men book near the top of League Comic Geek, so I'll say X-Men 21. Uh, it's not, no. Okay, so that means there's a set of sinisters somewhere in here. Is it Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants? It is Storm and the Brotherhood there of Mutants. Number two it is was, X-Men 21. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, number three is Guardians of the Galaxy. Number four is Fantastic Four, issue six. Number five is Captain America, Cold War. Number seven, uh, over outside of the Marvel bubble here, we got The Ambassadors, which is a Mark Miller book from Image. Okay. Uh, number uh, seven is Moon Knight 22. Number eight is Captain Marvel 48, which is a very long run from Kelly Thompson at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine, we're back to Image with uh, another Mark Miller book. We get Nemesis Reloaded, issue four. Uh, and then number 10, we're still with Image with a book called Eight Billion Genies by Charles Soule. So. Yeah, that that's getting adapted into something. I can't remember what, if it's a series or a movie. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Souls. Souls killing it with his creator own stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, pretty much right after that, there's a, a healthy mix of like non-Marvel. So even Marvel, it seems like, didn't release a ton of stuff this week. Uh, yeah. Uh, where's Darkride at on that? Darkride? Yeah. That's the Williamson's creator own from the team of Nailbiter. Scrolling... Scrolly. <laughs> oh man. Scroll. Oh, let me count the rows here. Uh, 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 that's ten. That's twenty. That's thirty. Thirty-five. No, forty. Okay. Number forty. Okay, that might do better in trade because I know <laughs> the first trade just came out. But um, yeah, that's your five of that's number forty. Uh, so there you go. That's the no, not the team of Nelby, the team of Birthright. I misspoke there. Uh, but yes, mm. that's a lot of fun. The first four issues were fun. Have no idea where it's going quite yet. Um, felt more like a prologue, so I'm excited to crack that one open when I get a chance. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, all right, cool. So we do have news to talk about. Uh, we got some announcements for books for July. Uh, two from Mark Wade, which is cool, and then a bunch of this Night Terror stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we can that's basically a big list of titles with names, uh, which. I'm assuming are all one shots, uh, just just based on the number of books here. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, I was saying miniseries, but is that three? Is that two? Like, what constitutes a miniseries? Um, oh, two issues. They're all running for two issues. Okay, so they're all so two that. pars. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll do that first since uh, since we've kind of delved into it then. Uh, yeah, so 13 books, 13 two-issue miniseries are launching in July. So all, these quiet weeks are over once we get to July, Matt, which honestly yeah. I'm perfectly happy with. 
Uh, I mean, that said, we don't have to read them up. If, you know what I mean? If all, if if the you know it's not working for us, just saying. But true. I'll probably read most of the issue ones. I, I mean, how many of the issue twos I read is a uh, of course up for debate. But uh, so here's the list of books of these Night Terrors, like two issue minis. So we got Night Terrors Batman, which is Joshua Williamson writing with art by Gillam March. Oof. <laughs> Tough breaks. Oh dear. Then we got Night Terrors Ravager by Ed Brisson and art by Dexter Soy. Yeah, Ed Brisson recently worked on Slade, so that should be fun. Yeah, Dexter Soy is definitely an upgrade to Gillam March, I'll say that much. For sure. Uh, then we got Night Terrors The Flash, which is written by Alex Hacknadel and drawn by Daniel Bayliss. Hmm. Uh, I really know those names, so I have yeah, no... those names are are different. Yeah. Then we have Nate Terror Shazam, which is written by Mark Wade with art by yeah. Roger Cruz, and notably that's the current writer in Shazam. By the time this mm-hmm. comes out, so that makes a bit more sense. Same with this next one. Which I'm, is... I'm curious to see Roger Cruz's work with Shazam characters because we've just seen it with Flash. So that's true. Yeah, yeah, those are known from anything else, all in the recent Flash issues. Uh, Night Terror's Green Lantern, written by Jeremy Adams and Alex Segura, uh, art by Eduardo Pansica, Julio oh, wow. Faraya, and Mario Fox Ficoli, or Ficillo, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, again, regular writer from the, the, the mm-hmm. ongoings on that. Uh, Night Terror's Zatanna is uh, by Dennis Culver, with art by David Baldian. Uh, Night Terror's Robin is written by Kenny Porter, with art by Miguel Madoncha. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, there's like five of them on that same week because these are in order yeah. of like how they're coming yeah. out. Uh, then on July 18th, we have Night Terrors Wonder Woman, which is by Josie Campbell with art hey. by Stephanie Williams. Uh, so. I like to see Josie Campbell's name attached to more things. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, Night Terrors Superman by Joshua Wilmson, who's obviously on the ongoing, so it makes sense, uh, with art by Tom Riley. Uh, same week as Night Terrors Action Comics by Leah Williams. And Philip Kedda Johnson with art by Vasco Georgiev and Miko Cyan. Uh So again, although Leah Williams being first does make me think it'll be a Power Girl. Uh, that and that tracks with what Night Terrors seems to be mm. about the Dream Realm and what that book's been so far, like that backup. So okay, <clears throat> makes sense. So mm-hmm. so that might actually be a skip for me then, just because I've I've not been reading that backup, but right. you know. Uh, Night Terror's Detective Comics uh, takes us out of July 20th. Actually, the Action Comics was July 25th as well. Uh, Detective Comics is by Dan Wars uh, with art by Ricardo Federici. Well, we got a leader in the clubhouse. Cause, yeah, uh, that's a one-two punch. If it's anything punch. like his Arkham book, right? Yeah, that's then, a one-two punch, a creative yeah. team there, so that's good. With, uh, with Federici art drawing some really messed up nightmare stuff, you'd think? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Uh, Night Terror's Nightwing by Becky Clinton and Michael W. Conrad with art by Danielle D. Nicola. Um, okay, and then the last one here is Night Terror's Teen Titans by Andrew Constant and art by Scott Godlewski. I think what sticks out to me about reading this list is that a few of the books obviously have their ongoing writers attached to them, and mm-hmm. those seem like maybe they'll be at least thematically relevant to whatever their, their mm-hmm. ongoing book is. Um, but this is feeling a little bit like, uh, you know, all those all those one shots we just got from, uh, what was that called? We just had the Lazarus um, Planet stuff, and yeah, uh, or or anything where 
it kind of feels like these are all going to be relatively self-contained. Like, the main nightmares thing that's going on, obviously, will be story, mm-hmm. but this feels relatively optional, I would say. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a bunch on there with the names attached that I would want to read, but it, it doesn't feel like these are going to be essential. I could be wrong, but that's the, the vibe I'm getting from this list. Oh, it looks like uh, Zatanna's teaming up with Robot Man and her, so that's the cover oh. in the gallery. So that should be fun. Very nice, very nice. Well, I think Dennis Culver, isn't Dennis Culver doing the, the um, Doom Patrol book? Is that him? Uh, sounds right, yeah. Yeah, so. Ooh. And then one of the Supermans, it looks like it's uh, Cyborg Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Green Lantern cover is very nice, actually. I'm looking yeah. at it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's... It, it's a it's an event with a big list of titles. This is also giving me like memories of Flashpoint, where there's all mm-hmm. these like the issue miniseries. Yep. This is kind of like that with two issue miniseries. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. There'll be plenty to choose to read from at least uh, mm-hmm. for a couple months. So yeah, that week where there uh, we might have to break some of them up and and hold off because that week where there's like five of them, that's another a busy week on top of those. Yeah, no, I mean, it's week rough. two, which right now, this is a week two, so... Right. Uh, I mean, if, if week two is still kind of like this, then probably that not. That might just be it, right? Yeah. It might just be those books. It'll be, it'll be those, plus, like, maybe the last issue of Danger Street, if we're at that mm-hmm. point. <laughs> uh, so, cool. And then the other news, which is... The, the more exciting stuff, I would say, is the Mark Wade news. So, two books announced. Um, One mm-hmm. is a spin-off of World's Finest, which is called uh, Teen Titans... Oh, sorry, World's Finest Teen Titans um which mm-hmm. is going to be Mark Wade and Emanuela Lupacino uh yep, on the art. That's it, I'm done. Yeah. Say less. I'm, and this I'm is set in the past. This is the original five Titans, Robin, Wonder Girl, Speedy, Kid Flash, and Aqualad. Uh and they're joined by several other classic Titans from the Silver and Bronze Age, including Bumblebee and Mal Duncan for a series of stories showing what life for the original Titans was like before the team was relaunched as the new Teen Titans. So this is kind of cool because I think the new Teen Titans, quite rightly, I will add, is kind of seen as the real, like, mm-hmm. prestigious era for the Titans. But we, it does mean that we kind of don't really go back and talk about the original Teen Titans era that much. So it's kind of nice we're getting a modern series like, of telling stories in that time period with them. I actually kind of like this, especially from someone like Mark Wade, who kind of fits into that Silver and Bronze Age kind of uh, mentality. Yeah, that's that, you know, he's looking back at it with this retrospective, you know, so, um, but yeah, no, I, I like that lineup too, because it is like one of the first Titans book I, I remember reading was like a Titans year one. And each, each of the issues was focused on a different one of these characters from Robin to Speedy to Kid Flash. So to see these guys pop back up when, you know, it's not just the, the Wolfman Perez team, uh, is a nice little thing. The the thing that's also that uh, cracked me up more were we have Bumblebee, and then I had always thought Mal Duncan was Boy Blue, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, he has this one, but now they're just calling him Mal Duncan. So I'm wondering if they're going to give him a new persona, oh, I don't you know, know, and retcon that back. I think the other so. cool thing about this is that New Teen Titans. Well, it's still a little like old school because it's from the '80s and writing was different mm-hmm. then. 80s stuff is still very readable. I mean, later today, I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. Batman and the Outsiders. And while it's still very old school in a lot of ways, it's still a very readable yeah. old school. Whereas, mm-hmm. if you go back to the Silver Age, where the Teen Titans originally came from, it is a yeah. tougher read. It's not as, you know, it's very dated. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it over-describes things because it doesn't trust the art to tell some of the story kind of thing. There's a yeah. lot of that going on. 
So I think like this could be really cool if this is a nice little run of like here's mm-hmm. like a greatest hits of like new t- or original Teen Titans style stories. Yeah. So I also like cool. though that they're they're putting the world's finest branding on it too, because yeah. that you know that's almost its own. I don't want to say like a like a, a sub label, right? But it definitely speaks to a certain vibe that yeah. we've been getting from. Wade, Obviously, so. it tells you it's the same Robin that's in his, mm-hmm. his you know Batman Superman world's finest, but yeah uh so that, that's cool stuff and then the other thing is uh a mini series i mean admittedly the world's finest teen titans could end up only being six or 12 issues anyway but mm-hmm. uh it's not uh, mentioned as a mini series whereas this other one is it's a black label book uh mm-hmm. so we're getting a three issue black label series from mark wade and artist brian hitch which he he's calling a spiritual like successor or sequel to uh, birthright and it's called superman the last days of lex luthor so you know this is kind of a cool thing this is a uh, superman embarks on a quest to save his arch enemy from a terminal illness that's the that's the pitch in one mm-hmm. sentence simple it's almost like uh reverse all-star hmm yeah uh lex is contracted a fatal disease that even he can't track he's going to die he asks superman to save him and he does this knowing full well that Superman is going to hate doing it and that it's going to torture him. But he'll do it because he's Superman, obviously. Yeah, is it though? Because I feel like at, at the end of that, Superman's going to have the higher moral ground. You know? So I don't think he's going to hate it. Um, but I do like that's the viewpoint that, that Wade's coming from. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the cover and the art by Brian Hitch looks solid mm-hmm. enough. Uh, that first thing in the gallery looks a little bit wonky. Uh, uh, you know, body yeah. shape wise, but the rest of it looks yeah. pretty good. Superman looks super lanky. Yeah, but no, I think these are exciting tales. Uh, this is stuff where you know, obviously yeah. we'll, we'll read the Night Terror stuff and we'll like some yeah. of it, I expect. But this is like actually really exciting stuff. Uh, these two yeah. books. So being uh, that birthright's my favorite Superman story of all time. This is this is very exciting. It's like a spiritual sequel. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, and I'm assuming because it's Black Label and it's the issues, these are going to be like 50-page mm-hmm. style issues, because that's kind of yeah. been their format for a while. Uh, so that's July 25th, Last Days of Lex Luthor goes on sale. Um, and I don't know if there's a date specifically for the Teen Titans. You'd think there would be, but uh, I can't see one. But I think it's July mm-hmm. anyway, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, July 11th, there you go. I found it. It's buried in a paragraph somewhere. Yeah. July 11th. Yeah, and then this one's July 25th. Yeah. So, uh, July 11th is week two, so we're getting at least one more week two book, which is nice. Hooey. So, there you go. Feast or famine, week two. Uh, so, that is the news, although there is one little thing to tack on here, is that there was a trailer for the Penguin TV show from HBO mm. Max, or sorry, Max, as it's now going by. Not gonna call it that. It's so stupid. The, the idea that HBO is the part that was the bad part of the name is laughable. Yeah. HBO is like worldwide known. Even in places that don't have HBO, they mm-hmm. know the HBO brand because of the shows that come from HBO. That's how strong that branding is. God, yeah. Zaslav is an absolute tit. He really is. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, it looked fine. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested because it's connected to the, you know, Reeves movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Wasn't a lot to go on yet. Colin Farrell is still unrecognizable in the role, you know, with all the makeup on. Right. In the in the best way. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, uh, not, not much to say on it, but it just uh, should acknowledge I, that it came out. Yeah, I still haven't had a chance to see it, so the trailer, so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they put out a few trailers for different things. They put out, like, a new True Detective trailer. There's a there's a Chamwick Park series, directed series, coming to mm-hmm. Max, which, uh, as well, trailer out for, yeah. Because he's, that's the, um, what's the name of his trilogy? The Vengeance trilogy, Old Boy and Sympathy for the Vengeance. Vengeance. Yeah. Right. Uh, And The Handmaiden and a bunch of other good stuff. So Mm -hmm. uh, that is good. Uh, Yeah. All right. So we'll do, uh, so David, knowing that we only had two or three new books this week. He's so thoughtful. He's so thoughtful. Yeah, I didn't ask him for this. This was, he sprung this on me uh, just the other day. He said, I, I did a thing. It's just, he's basically using like the DC wiki or something to like extract information. But basically what this is, is we have to... We're given a, an issue uh, mm-hmm. of something, and we have to try and guess why that issue is like, important. Notable? Yeah, what, what prominent thing happened in okay. that issue. And just glancing at the titles, it looks like they're all from the show. Like They're all post-Rebirth you know, onwards. When, when we've been doing this, yeah. right? Rebirth. So, in theory, we should have the knowledge to do this. Although, I actually think this is quite hard, but yeah. we'll see. Um, although, I know the answer to the third one, actually, that I'm looking at it. But uh, the first one here is Batman issue 50 from 2018. Uh-huh. Uh, which, actually, now, that's actually quite easy that I'm thinking about it. That is. This yeah. is the wedding, right? That's That's the non-wedding. It's just yeah. it's the wedding that didn't quite happen, right? Yeah. Uh, I feel like we were supposed to have more discussion, but I think we've just immediately yep. knew what the right answer to this yeah. was. So I, I've got a box that I clicked to reveal the answer, so we'll find out if I'm right. So, okay. three, two, one. Failed wedding of Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle. Yep. Uh, we'll take a point for that, I think, Matt. Yeah, no, we said non-wedding. All right, Action Comics 1000. Is this just the start That's, of Bendis run? I th- yeah, it's the start of Bendis. It was the... What else was in that issue? Because introduction of Rogel Czar, maybe as well. Uh, yeah, there's that. There was that that whistle stop story by Tomasi that kind of played with the eras. Uh, what else was there? Was there but that wouldn't be the prominent thing about the issue? Though. No, no, no. But I'm trying to think what other stories are in there besides the Bendis one. I think that's the most notable. You know, and if he says something silly it... like Bendis came. I'm going to lose it. It, it. It's it's either... Well, I don't think he's written these. I think these are, like, extracted automatically from, okay. like, a, the database or whatever. Okay. Uh, yeah, my my guess is that it's maybe Rogel Czar's first appearance, but probably just the start of Bendis' run. I don't know exactly what what it'll count. Because did he... Because, yeah, he didn't do... Mr. Mister Oz wasn't a thing yet, right? That was something that Bendis did. No, no, Mr. Oz was already yeah. done before Bendis. That so, was all done. That was, that was all... Done. That was uh, action comics from the start of Rebirth, building up to okay. Mixipitalik and all that stuff. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So. That's right. Oh man, see time. Time's a hell of a thing. Yeah. So I'm going to click okay. this reveal. First appearance of Rogals are okay. Yeah. Dang. So. Did you? I will take it. I thought I was going to do bad at this. Uh, so I know this next one just because I've heard uh-huh. uh, complaints about it enough about it being hard to find, and that is you're the villain, Hella Risen issue three. So, just because I've heard people complain that they can't find this issue, I know what it is. I, it's, yeah, it's the first appearance of Punchline. It is, yes. That's and, exactly and what it is. One, the one of that miniseries that I did not get. So, Because <laughs> my, my shop was shorted on them, and they were supposed to get me one, and I never still have not gotten it. 
Mm-hmm. So, so I have one, two, and four, but no three. Uh, I will click on it. First appearance of punchline. Three out of three. We're doing great. All right. Justice League Dark Issue 2. Matt, you're going to have to help me here because I don't know. <laughs> Was this the upside down man? Was that his first go around? Uh, yeah, that's ringing a bell because was that from I was tying in. So yeah, let's go upside down man. First appearance. Upside down man. First appearance of the upside down man. Oh, four out of four. Mm-hmm. Nightwing Issue 1 from, from 2016 specifically. Which I, I never renumbered, so yeah, that's the only one. Right. But, right. Uh, first appearance of, uh, was his name Raptor? No. It was Raptor. Raptor, yeah. I was, I was going to say Rapture. I was like, that's not quite right. <laughs> Raptor. What else? What else was there? But Raptor's not that notable, is he? I mean, I don't think he's any less notable than the Upside Down, man. Yeah. What else happened in... in... Yeah, except that was the... That was, that was Dick returning to the Nightwing persona, right? Yeah, that was better than Batman, the start of that art. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say, it, you know, because he was... Because up to that point, he was still Agent 37, was he not? Until yeah, Nightwing. but I don't I don't think there was like a transition in that issue. I think he was just already was Nightwing again, was he not? Mm-hmm. Also, I would say, I mean, you, if you want to go first appearance of Raptor, I'll say, you know, Dick back as first... In fact... If Nick I, back as Nightwing. If anything, the transition would have been in Nightwing Rebirth issue one. Remember, because oh, they had the one correct. shots first. That's right. That's right. Yeah, let, let's go with Raptor then. Raptor. Oh, yeah, I'd say Raptor. First appears a Raptor. Five out of five. Yeah, All that's right. me. Classic overthinking. Uh, Mr. Like. Miracle issue seven. Is that Jacob? Is that the, the son? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. It's not the death of, of Darkseid with the veggie tray, because that, that was later. This is assuming that it's just like a first character appearance again, which most of them seem to be, but like, I'm just... I mean, but you're again, it's why is it notable? So when we think back to that that story, what, that was seven. Was this, was this the issue where they like talked about their marital problems while they were crawling through events? Was that... I, that might have been that one, but what would, I don't know. What would you describe that as? As the, you I don't know, know. the tracking, oh. you know, the, the the scrolling, the side scroll adventure. Yeah, I would say the birth of of their son. Yeah, okay, let's go with that. First appearance of the kid. First appearance of Jacob Free. Okay, that. There we go. Uh, that six out of six. We'll take mm-hmm. it. Suicide Squad issue nine from twenty twenty. So this will be Tom Taylor's run. He had a lot of new characters in there. <laughs> he did. But issue is nine. This... Is this the death of Deadshot? Maybe is that what was notable? About no, because Deadshot was closer towards the end. Well, it was uh, only twelve was... issues, though, right? Yeah, but Dead Deadshot lasted up until the very end because okay. his death was like a a sacrifice for the team. Um, is this the is this the the Max Lord reveal? Not Max Lord, uh, Ted Cord. Oh, in, in yeah. that, uh, he's revealed to be the villain. I thought that may have been earlier, but yeah, you could be right. You could uh, be right. Uh, it's tough though, because all the new characters I feel it like debuted in the first issue. You yeah. know, all the revolutionaries were all yeah, yeah, and like Tag hadn't died. I mean, Tag I think already sacrificed himself. It's not like Tag's that notable. Yeah, I don't know. Um, um, is there something to do with Superman? No. The thing that's I would say is the Ted Cord, but then Ted Cord ended up being Black Mask, so 
It could be one of those reveals, yeah, if it's not yeah. a new character. I can't, I can't mm-hmm. think of a new character that was introduced late in the book. No, I mean, unless... Because, no, because Wink and Airy were both there from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that entire the team was there at the start. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, uh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's go with... The, uh, Ted Cord. The, the reveal. I, either of Ted mm-hmm. Cord or Black Mast, whatever mm-hmm. one it would have been at the time. Yep. I'm taking the point. Death of Deadshot. See you, Matt! <laughs> Dang! Look at you! Man, I I could have sworn he died later, like in eleven. So good, no, good I, on you. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the point. How, how many was that? On one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So seven out of seven. No, yep, uh, I'm six to seven. I don't think we're competing necessarily, but okay. Gotcha. Uh, all right, seven, seven out of seven. All right, Flash issue five. Is this the? First of who'd become Godspeed? What was his name? August. August. Yeah. Surely he would have been earlier than that, though. I don't know. Well, I feel like it's either it's what about Godspeed himself, or did Godspeed already show up in issue one? He probably did. They probably teased the villain. Uh, Mina was already around in issue one. Mm -hmm. I feel like, unless maybe her getting a costume was like issue five, and maybe like that was the first. Unless this is Avery. Oh, it could be Avery. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go Avery, because that that seems more notable. Yeah, like I feel like Godspeed and Mina are obvious picks, but they feel. Yep. I feel like both of them were there like issue one ish. Mm-hmm. So. So I remember Barry going through in the Speed Force explosion, and he's going around trying to help people, and she was one of them that he goes and talks yeah. to, to to slow down so you don't vibrate through your bed. So I'm gonna go with Avery. That's the Esco Avery. I'll 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 concur with that. I'll click. First appearance of Godspeed. Damn it, I should have went with my gut. Yep. I would have sworn they like showed him at the end of issue mm-hmm. one. I would have sworn they did. Mm-hmm. Damn it. All right. Okay, finally got yeah. one wrong, but we at least brought him up. It wasn't like a yeah. complete whiff. No, because but... that, that was our first instinct, but we thought, so when was Avery? I don't know. So go ahead with this next one. I'm going to look up. Uh, Future State Wonder Woman issue one. This is just Yara, right? This is just the first appearance yeah. of Yara. Yeah. Okay, I'll click. First appearance to Gareth Floor, the Brazilian Wonder Woman. Yep, thank you very much. I'll yep. take it. Uh, all right, deceased issue two. It can't be a first appearance because that's like a Elseworld. No. Yeah. Deceased issue two. Is this the is this the death of the Bat Family because of the the virus and and Alfred has to take him out? Is that notable though? I, I, this, this is the thing that's weirding me out. Is because it's an else yeah. world. I'm like, is there anything that in it notable yeah. in that that way? Because it isn't the real continuity. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I have none for this one. All right. So actually, Avery's first appearance was Flash, Volume Five, Number Three. So we were we were two off. Okay, that was a reasonable yeah. guess though. It was. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know for this one because. Yeah, so many characters die. Or so many characters, Look, it's uh, not... Lance Archer's around, everyone dies. I mean... I... <laughs> <laughs> nice, Paul. Um, yeah, I got nothing for this one. Unless, again, unless it's, again, it's the Bat family. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got nothing better. I'm, let's, let's reveal. I, I really don't have anything better. Uh... First appearance of Black Canary as the Green Lantern. Which, okay, uh, I can, yeah. True. I gotta get into the mind of why would collectors want these issues? 
Yeah. And that makes sense. That would make okay. sense as Canary. That, this next one I think is easy. Just, okay. I mean, I couldn't have told you what issue it was, but it sounds okay. about the right time. Batman there. 77. It's Alfred's death, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Death of Alfred. Okay. Easy peasy. Uh, Aquaman 57. Andy? Oh, birth, birth of yeah. the daughter. Yeah. Birth of Andy. Mm-hmm. Let's go with that. First appearance of Andy Curry. Nice. Yep. Uh, um, Batman Who Laughs, issue one. Uh, the the Grim was it the Grim Knight, the one with all the guns? Was that was that maybe? Was that he was called? Uh, I tried to put this one out of my brain. I just remember it was a Snyder one that was a little bit too much. Yeah, let's just go with Grim Knight because yeah. I have nothing else. First appearance of the Grim Knight, alternate reality of Batman who uses deadly force. Yeah, that's okay. the Punisher Batman. Sometimes it's just the first thing that comes to mind. That's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, Batman issue 24. So this would have been War of Jokes and Riddles time. Mm-hmm. Is this Kite Man Hell Yeah? Oh, first hell, yeah, first Kite Man Hell Yeah. That's actually not a bad guess. I'll click, let's find out. Oh no, Batman proposes to Catwoman. <laughs> Shoot, that was your tops then. So Yeah, I think the first hell yeah was probably earlier than that. I think that was yeah. a running thing from earlier. But could, could have been. I think we wanted to believe. Uh Nightwing seventy eight. So this is basically the start of Taylor's run. Yeah. Uh, uh I would say Haley. Uh, yeah, it could be Bitewing. Yeah, that's an obvious choice. I mean I would say the notable thing is is the start of Tom Taylor's run, but I don't think that's what these have been focusing on. These yep. you know uh, facts. So nope. let's let's say the dog. Yes. Oh no! Oh no! Actually, no. We're half right. So there's two. Uh, first appearance of Melinda Zuko and Bitewing. Yeah. So there we go. They got half. Yeah. It shows you where our uh, priorities lie. We care more about the dog than we do yeah. Melinda. <laughs> uh, the Flash forty nine. So this was right before uh, fifty, which was the whole. Flat year year one. No 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 no. Flash war year one was later. So, That's right. Return so, of Wally. Yeah, didn't Bart return like right around this time as well? Wasn't like an issue, a, a, a last page Maybe. of Bart? That may have been issue 50, admittedly, rather than issue 49. Yeah. I would say this is where, where Wally came back. But Wally had been back, though, already. <sighs> yeah, it's true. Well, I, have it, I, I have the annual signed yeah. back behind me. So yeah, it's around that so that's time. That's where they started their race. But I, I mean, Wally had been back, but this was yeah him back in the Flash book. But I don't right. know if it would count that as like a notable thing. Yeah, necessarily. So maybe this is maybe this is Bart because then the Flash War started. Maybe this, that was like the prelude to the Flash War. Or was it J? Because there was a final like there was mm-hmm. a, there was two different issues. One that ended with a J, like holy yep. shit, Jay's going to be back, and one that ended with oh shit, Bart's back. Like, but right. there was two issues like that. But I feel like the J stuff was part of the button because of. Oh, uh, you're right. I think that was part yeah. of the button. You're right. So yeah, this was cover. yeah. So, so this, I'm going to say I think this is impulse putting the boots on because I remember that image. So yeah, go with Bart. I don't think he was putting boots on in that that image, but. I'll, Regardless, yeah, I'll say I'll say this is Bart's like a first appearance and rebirth or return of Bart or whatever they're going to phrase it. Introduction oh, of the Sage Force and the Strength Force. Oh God, we try to put our brain that out of our brains. 
What's oh, so funny is that like the next couple of issues were great because that 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 arc around that time was fantastic. Yeah. So I didn't realize that they introduced those right before that arc because obviously right. all the stuff we don't like about those are they come after. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young Justice issue ten. I read this. As did I. <laughs> it wasn't Jenny Hex because Jenny Hex was already there. Yeah, she was number one. So. Uh... Was this Naomi? Did they introduce Naomi in that? Well, no, Naomi was in her own book, but then I feel like it was around issue ten that she she that started w- popping in. Yeah, but that wouldn't be notable though. She's already been around for. Yeah, but you're notable that she's with the Young Justice now. I, I don't know if that's big enough. I, I don't know if I. Guess I don't that. know anything else in that book that would have been big enough. Oh, uh, the end of the Drake. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, remember that? I don't... And his U- his UPS costume. <laughs> uh, a lot of the plot was about Connor Kent at the time. Something to do with him. I don't know. Well, he was. Yeah, he had that whole life on the in Gem World. But that was part of the first arc. Yeah, yeah. So by issue 10, we were done with that. But they were dealing with the lab, Star Labs, and they yeah. were investigating that stuff around then. Uh, the Wonder Twins that's... maybe showed up for a guest appearance around this point as well. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean, know. I mean, the Naomi stuff is more notable to me as I'm remembering it. Because that's when she started to be included on the team. Because mm. she, she was, you know, using the powerhouse stuff. I don't um, have a good guess for this one, so I'm throwing yeah. in a towel. Uh I'm, I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying something to do with Naomi. I don't, I'm not sure if it's right, her inclusion well, or what. I'll quickly find out. Uh, the debut of the new costume and code name for Tim Drake. Drake. I thought, I thought it was earlier than that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I just think it's funny though that it did turn out to be Drake related though. Yeah, because that was one of the things from that sticks out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Drake uh, began in issue ten. I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess it did run to like 18 issues or 19 yeah, issues. Drake, Sorry, I guess there was Drake enough time. begins. Uh, all right, Robin issue one. That's, um, is it Flatline? I would assume Flatline. Either Flatline or one of the other characters that were introduced there, but she's yeah. the biggest one, so I'd say Flatline, yeah. Flatline or, um, what's his name? Green Arrow Sun. Or um, Hawk Return? Hawk, yeah. Yeah, one of those two for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, First appearance of Flatline, Respawn, and Mother Soul. So Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, gave us all three. Alright, Suicide Squad issue seven. So this is Taylor's run again. Okay. Is this too so, early for the Ted card? <laughs> yeah. I mean, could this be Wink and Airy? Nah, nah, at least one of them were in issue one. Okay. If not both, but definitely one of them were. So seven, what is seven? Seven oh, is this is... a Death of Boomerang, maybe? That's what I'm saying, Captain Boomerang. Yeah, Death of Boomerang. That's my yep. guess. Let's do it. First appearance of Zoe Lawton as Live Shot. Oh, I would never have guessed that. <laughs> that's right, her daughter, his daughter. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, I forgot about I wonder if that's ever going to come back around. Okay, I think I've got a guess for this one. Batman 96. Okay. I'm just going to guess uh, Ghostmaker and yeah. call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's Clown Hunter. That that's very oh, close together no. though. Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter were close together. Both both of which are characters I don't care for that much, so <laughs> Yeah, Titan's done a lot of good, but uh Also, yeah. But not but not uh Ghostmaker. Uh Flash issue thirty. Oh is, is 
was could this be the J? Maybe because that was around that time. The button was a little bit earlier, but like, yeah. Uh, hmm. If not that, what else was introduced in Flash in that kind of time period? Well, we had, we had Mina right around that time with Black Hole. We had. I mean, she was around way earlier, but maybe she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as that evil speedster, as, right? Okay, as yeah. Black Hole. Um. We had Godspeed was already taken care of. Unless this was like when Bart randomly, but I'm sure that was like issue fifty. Yeah. I'm positive that was issue yeah. fifty. So, um, I think nothing, nothing with Iris, nothing with Wallace, right? Let's go. Did they introduce a new villain? Maybe around ten. I'm forgetting. Is this the turtle? Maybe he wasn't new. There's. Was... No, but they were re re you know, that new version of him with with the um, Still Force because I remember the Still Force stuff coming up earlier than the other ones than uh... the than the other ones. All right, well so maybe this is the concept of the Still Force. Let's find out because I don't think we've got any solid nope. guesses for it. Flash issue thirty is first appearance of Bloodwork, so it was a villain. I was right on my thinking. Ah, oh, shit, I forgot about him. Yeah, I forgot about Bloodwork as well. And, and I know Bloodwork showed up on the show, because Williamson was like, this is really cool. You know, a character you created being on the TV show. I mean, Godspeed showed up in the show as well. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure Godspeed was the one in that famous... I've not, I never watched the episode, but there's a, a gif yeah. I've seen of Godspeed and Flash fighting with lightning bolts like their lightsabers. All right, I'm back in. <laughs> uh, Justice League 26 from 2019. So this would be Snyder's run. What was that? That was the yeah, the Justice and the Injustice. That was early on, but I feel like by issue 26, you're probably yeah. doing that. What was the other universe stuff that we're doing? Were they? Mm-hmm. Uh. What was that? Was this maybe the introduction of one of the the big bads for later? What's like, her What's her name? Perseph- the um, per- per- Perpetua. Perpetua. Uh, yeah, uh, that's I, what I would say. I would guess Perpetua. And the answer is first appearance of Apex Lex Luthor. Okay. <laughs> Apex Lex. Oh my god. There's so much that we've read and I have forgotten about. Yeah. Because weekly comics. I I I would never like. I'll be honest, I barely remember even reading that what Apex Lex is. Yep. Well, remember, that's where he, he fused the uh, DNA um, with the, the White Martians, and it was for, mm. so he could be closer with Perpetua. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hate, being. Yeah, I hate that stuff. Yeah. That's why my main's jettisoned it. Uh, yep. Action Comics 1001. So this is right after the yeah, Officer 1000, so. Yeah. What did Bendis introduce right away? I mean, uh, it wasn't the, it wasn't the, the, uh, him giving away his identity. No, that came later. That wasn't right away. It was, John was still, was John back? Because he had left. So is this when he aged up John? It still feels too quick for that. Oh, is the introduction of maybe a Leviathan, maybe? Because that was the story arc when he started action was Leviathan. Or or maybe Red Mist was the villain at the time. Oh, Red Mist is a good guess because they were seeing her early. Yeah, or Firefighter Lady. Or -hmm. or even the the woman who was collecting Superman stuff, you know, the one who had the car and stuff. Mm -hmm. Her. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. What was her name? Uh, she was the the Amanda Waller of her three. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't remember her name, but yeah, yeah. That, that was yeah. So one one of those is my guess, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. All right. First appearance of Red Cloud. Okay, so I got Red the name Cloud. wrong, but I'll, yep. I'll still take the point for that. We were, we were in the area. Yeah. Uh, Sideways issue two. Uh, this is, what's his name? Temp- Tempest. Uh, Tempest. Tempest. Vigenot. Vigenot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, we're right. Tempest Vigenot. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Uh, Nightwing issue 10. Now we're going back. Issue 10. Uh... When he gets Nightwing, this is when he was hanging around with that support group for former villains. I'm thinking maybe yeah. one of them. Or I'm getting I'm getting them confused. Those Nightwing runs, because yeah. you know. Or was it was a... before the Percy stuff? Was there a villain around here that was new again? After obviously, is this uh, after... Detective Svoboda right around that time? I feel like she might have been on before this issue, but yeah, yeah it could yeah. It, it it could be her technically but yeah. I, I feel like she was there from like issue one or two to be honest but Kirby, Kirby. um yeah let's let's see i have no good guesses all right first appearance of defacer oh so i was right it's there was the main one in that group it was, so yeah i was right. i was thinking all on the right lines yeah i just couldn't remember her name i was trying mm-hmm. to think of like roller skates and spray paint but that was her yep. <laughs> uh all right. right green lanterns issue 10 uh, it's Simon. Was, was the first lantern stuff was was that a new character for that run? I think so. All the, again, all that lantern stuff fuses together because you also had the first lantern. But even before that, we had they were playing with a concept like that before, so I might be confusing it with that. It, uh, I think that's my guess. Though I'm just going to guess the first lantern because I don't have anything else. I'm trying to think what else happened in that run. I'm just remembering a lot of the Simon and Jess banter. That was fun. I'll click and reveal. See how. See what it yep. is. First appearance of the Phantom. Oh, the Phantom Lantern. Phantom not the lantern. first lantern. Not the uh, first. That's what I was gonna say. The first lantern was all of that stuff before. Yeah, uh, that's before what I was rebirth. thinking. This is what I was thinking of, though. I just mm-hmm. didn't remember his name properly. Yep. Oh, I can see it in my head. The Phantom Lantern. Yeah, I, I, I was picturing the right character, but I didn't yeah. say the right name. We didn't have the right. That's why, and I, I didn't think it was the first lantern because again, that was before, but I couldn't think of what it was. Oh, uh, um, Joker issue two from twenty twenty one. Uh, new Bane. Is that when Sleepy Matt? You get yeah. enough sleep. Was that the the new Bane? Uh I mean that was around that. I don't know if that was issue two necessarily. Uh, I'm just I didn't read any of these, so I don't know. Yeah. So this was the this was Gordon hunting down. Was this Gordon revealing that he knew who Barbara was because he, he reveals that he knows she's Batgirl? Was that maybe that issue that was around then? That may have been issue three or four, admittedly, but uh, maybe. Yeah, the Lady Bane seems like the a good guess. I would say Gordon revealing that he knows she's Batgirl is also a good guess. Uh, I don't have anything else, so uh, uh, one of those two. Yeah, first appearance of Vengeance, Daughter of Bane. There you go, Lady there Bane. We go. Yeah, we can take that. Uh, Justice League issue 21. Uh, so that's a Snyder's run, so. That's Snyder, so. Perpetua. I'm going Perpetua again. Yeah, because every, it was like every five or six issues, we would get the villain stuff. 
Yeah. So this feels like it was in that weave. So so we got it wrong yeah. last time. It was Apex Legs. Yep. I'm saying Perpetua for 21. And the answer is... The first appearance of the World Forger. Come on! <laughs> I mean, I remember the World Forger, but, like, come on. I mean, Perpetua may have been way earlier, admittedly, because it may have been teased. It, and, yeah, it could yeah, have been. But still, I, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Catwoman issue 25. It's, um, Shoes? That's when Ram B took over. Um, no, part, partly, well, yeah. Issue 25 partly. was, like, part of the end of the last run. You know, it was one so of those things. Say, had multiple stories in it. Yeah. Is this the introduction of the, the brother, the guy from, uh, or father, what was his name? I just said Shoes. Shoes. Oh, or Shoes. I just said, that's my guess. Yeah. Yeah, let's go Shoes. Uh, first appearance is Leanne Harper as Shoes. Again. Uh, Not Canary, as we found out. Batman issue 102. This is Ghostmaker. Yeah, it's around that time. I feel like it was earlier, but yeah, it probably is Ghostmaker, because mm-hmm. it's close enough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's go with that. First appearance and origin of Ghostmaker. Yep. It was a dark day in DC That's Comics That's where history. he would go on to become the thorn in our side. <laughs> it was a dark, dark day. Uh, Justice League 10. Uh, this is still Snyder's run, because it's a 2018 book. Perpetua. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that. because they were doing... The first arc was them hunting down all of those objects, right? It was Legion so of Doom this, stuff. Yeah, is this the... Um, what was that remnant stuff they were going after? How was that called? It ends up it ends up being with the um at the end of metal. It's it's what kind of kicks off uh infinite or the the crisis stuff with uh, Williamson. Oh my god, I'm trying to I'm trying to blank. Uh metallic jazz, I don't know. Yeah, that's precisely what it is. Um Shoot your T one thousand load. Uh, <laughs> How about heavy metals? Um, yeah, just go Perpetua. I, I'm saying Perpetua. First appearance of the Flood and Jaro. I'll admit, I would, I should have thought of Jaro. Uh, the Flood. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. I guess that was building up to the uh, crossover with Aquaman because that was the teens yeah. that those issues. But still, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. No. One day. We'll keep, we're going to keep getting just sleep books. I'm going to keep saying Perpetua. All right. Superman issue two from 2018. So this is Bendis' second yeah. Superman issue. I would say this is the return of John. Was he returned? But did he not like leave during Bendis' run first? He left during, there was that miniseries when that Bendis had written, The Man of Steel. Oh, it was during that. Okay, okay. Yep. He left and then it was all about him him having, coming up with that, you know, coming to terms with it. And then it felt like he was gone a couple of weeks and he was gone for years. He comes back a, a teenager from a boy. Okay. I'll, I'll go with that. I'm not 100% convinced, but I don't yeah. have a better guess. So, yeah, we'll go with that. First appearance of Nuclear Man in DC continuity. Did, did Talking Superman put this together with his help? <laughs> really? Nuclear Man? I forgot he was even there. It's, uh, sorry, Matt, it's pronounced Nuclear Man. Nu- nuclear. Yeah. Say it like Gene Hackman Lex, come on. Gotcha. Nuclear. He also says Superman. Superman. Like, he's like, he's in Superman. Su- 
Superman. Right. Anyway, <laughs> Detective Comics 1046. Okay, that's this is from 2021. Uh, so this is during Tamaki's run. Yeah, I was gonna say it must be during Tamaki's run. It's the set. It's December 2021 specifically. Uh, okay. who did she introduce? Unless it was the tower itself was introduced, right. but yeah, we but... had we had Huntress taking primary. But she introduced. She definitely introduced a character or two. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Because there's those backups, too. Ten forty-six. That is a significant number, though. Why do I know that number? One thousand forty-six. I mean, it's yeah. not. It's not significant on its own, but maybe it was a significant issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. I, yeah, well, it's not, I mean, it's not the tower arc because the tower arc was like uh, that wasn't that that was like through April twenty twenty two, I think, was it not? Yeah, I believe so. I don't remember. Or maybe it was maybe it was twenty twenty one, but it was like April mm-hmm. time. I remember it being kind of mm-hmm. spring. Uh, one thousand forty-six. Who's writing tech then? My guess would be Tamaki, but I mean, it's it's so who who wrote before Tamaki. Uh, Tomasi? We weren't reading Tomasi's run. Yeah, we weren't. I think we were reading by 1046. Yeah. So that means it's gotta be Tamaki. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, maybe this is the ar- introduction of Arkham Tower. She was doing, like, the monster stuff where, like, uh... <gasps> oh, that's right! The, the, the bug guy. Yeah, yeah, but I don't remember if there's a... I don't remember his name, though. Yeah, I don't know if there's a notable character there. Uh... I'll I'll say the introduction of Arkham Tower or the reveal okay. that it's been built. That's that's my best yeah. guess. You got anything else you want to? No. No. All right. I'll reveal the first appearance of Doctor Ware and Anna Vulsion. So it is Tower Dr. related. Ware. I just yep. couldn't remember any characters specifically. Uh, all right. Wonder Twins issue two. I read this. I think I read issue two. I I think I gave yeah. up after that, but. So that was Anna Jaina and, and Gleek. This is Mark Russell. And Stephen Byrne. Mm-hmm. Why would two be notable? Uh, is it the, the origin of the Wonder Twins? Uh, I'll take your guess because Or I... not origin. It's, um, it's... It's the one girl that's on their team whose dad is a supervillain. She does the math. She's the... the... Oh, yeah, I remember this vaguely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember her name, but if you say it, I probably was if it's that one. Right, I'll reveal. Yep. First comic appearance of Gleek the Wonder Monkey, and first uh-huh. appearance of the League of Annoyance, including Druncula. Yep. League of Annoyance. Mm-hmm. I did say Gleek, but um, I didn't realize this was his first comic appearance. Mm. So that means Gleek was only on the, the cartoon up to this point. Yeah. Uh, I really got three left, by the way, just in case you're wondering okay. how many these are. Yes, uh, I was. <laughs> uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, issue 19. So I didn't read this, so you, this is all you. This is Hal of Hells. Is it the first time they do the, the, the Four Corpsmen? I'll That's what I'll say. I'll see. I'll say the Four Corpsmen. Uh, first appearance of Sarko, the son of Kylo Rayner, and Soronik Natu. Bro, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I feel like they just made that up. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Batgirl issue six. So this is like real to start a rebirth. This is the end yeah, of the first the arc. Start, that was where Albuquerque was doing the art? 
Yeah. Um, Although issue six was that maybe I, I I can't remember if the first arc was five or six issues. Was it because yeah. the issue after the arc was the one in the plane with Poison Ivy? Yeah. So I'm just trying to think if this was that or if this was the issue before that. Mm-hmm. If it was the issue before that, I'm not sure what they introduced at the end of that arc. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Um, is it is it that she moved out of Burnside? Nah, because she was still in China. If, it was, if she's not on the plane, she yeah. was still in China at this point. That's true. Uh, so it's got to be one of the, the villains that she faced. Right? Uh, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm out. Just go. Yeah. Uh, first appearance of Ethan Cobblepot, the son of the penguin. Ethan. There we go. Okay. We were, right. Right there. we were along the same lines that it was one of those villains that he introduced. Okay, final one, and I don't know if this was an intentional thing that he's done, but yep. final one, Wonder Woman issue eight. <laughs> Besides being one of my favorite issues of all time, it's <laughs> the origin of Barbara Ann Minerva as the cheetah. Do you think that's the notable thing about it? Yes, I do. You don't think I introduced something, or no? It's okay. Barbara Ann as cheetah. Uh, all right, the origin of Barbara Minerva slash cheetah. Very good. There we go. We got most of those. There's a few. We did. There's a few weak ones, but very, very good, David. I know uh, you're listening to this. Honestly, so. I thought we were going to do worse because I thought it was going to be hard to remember. But most of them actually kind yeah. of, you know. Oh, it, it's getting the names right because we. I remember things in such big stretches, right? So like, like the Batgirl one that just came up. Like I didn't remember that was Penguin's son, but I do remember him popping up as being her, her main rival, uh, throughout the book. So. Yeah, for a little while at least. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, the yeah. Suicide Squad one, that one, that one's a bit rough, just because I remember I forgot the character existed. Uh, you know, Deadshot's daughter, and I'm surprised it hasn't paid off in any of of his books yet. If anyone's going to do anything with it, it'll probably be him himself. He'll probably yeah, that's what again. I mean. Yeah, like I'm surprised she didn't show up in in his Superman. You know, as you know, just in a one arc or one arc, a one story. You know, with Jay. I, I think she'll probably show up at some point, I would expect. Yeah. I don't think he's done with Suicide Squad. I always felt like his, you know, it's almost like he was, he had big things planned and he got Superman and that took his focus. So, mm. yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, we can yeah. talk about the books we read this week then. So uh, we'll start off with. Superman Lost, issue two, Christopher Priest writing with Cargo Pugilane on the arc. Yeah. Did I say Cargo? Carlo. You did Pugilane. say Cargo. Yeah. Carlos. Uh, yeah. I, I was thinking about the G and the Pugilane, I think. And yep. I just, I merged them you, you together. You got over your skis on that one. Uh, yeah, so. This, this, I really enjoyed the first issue. Mm-hmm. This one was a tougher hang for me. Really? It was okay. a lot of, a lot of sciencey stuff. Um, and I like priests getting into how Superman powers work. I never, like, I never really care. Right. I'm fine with these, a living solar battery, him getting into Superman, his body experiencing gravity different. And that's how he was able to survive the black hole stuff. I mean, that's okay, but he kept going back into that. And I felt like I was reading a textbook at that point, um, about how science stuff works. Um, Outside of that, a lot of the character stuff with these people on the planet and how Superman's trying to relate to them by using stuff from Earth, I thought that was a really nice touch. 
Um, so, right, what do you think initially? Yeah, I, I quite like the issue. I think um, he did go back to that gravity talk a little bit much, but yeah. other than that, like, I thought the way they were handling like Superman's like trauma of like being mm-hmm. gone and he's like not breathing properly because he's too yep. he's used to try to hold his breath in space and yep. Lois is trying to tell him, hey, you need to breathe, Clark, you need to breathe. Like, I think seeing the fallout of how much it's broken yeah. him being out there for twenty years until he got back uh is quite good uh, we also get more snippets of like the actual incident because you know it kind of it skipped ahead to him just like disappearing whereas here we get the no he made the choice to go with it thinking he could get mm-hmm. back relatively quickly not not realizing he'd be gone yeah, for he, so long he he thought it was only going to be a, a little bit out of the the solar system not you know as far away as he was yeah um yeah uh so and all the art with lois holding him as he's lying on the floor <laughs> I, I thought all that stuff was really good uh, yeah. And then, you know, the stuff with the aliens, like, I wasn't expecting them to, like, go through, like, two different types of, like, culture, like, this quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, he meets the little, the, the big aliens on the, the ship who look childlike, but they're much taller than he yeah. is. The, uh, the big green ones. Yeah. Well, they're orange, but they're wearing green outfits. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, uh, kind of remind me of Explorers a little bit, right? The way that they're talking and, hmm. um, you know, the way they bring him in. Um, I did think that was a little bit of a, a bit of a, a because Superman, which we don't encounter that often anymore. But it's very golden agey, where he was able to to you know use the you know he's able to condense oxygen down to make liquid oxygen to get through space until they could find him. You know, it was a, a little bit of a reach, but you know it's fine for the type of book that this is. Um, but I did like his interaction with them just because of, you know, the way that they're processing language and the way that they talk, and they're almost talking down to him. Yeah, that was points. the other thing, because like, once he, like, gets dumped down on this planet, and I like that, as much as the gravity stuff comes up a bit too much when he's getting mm-hmm. really technical about it, I do like this idea that, okay, he's on a planet with a slightly different type of sun, so it's like, he can still fly, but he describes it as feeling like he's got a tank in his back, like he's much yep. heavier, so it's not as easy. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like that idea, and... Mm-hmm. I also appreciated that when he's talking to like the guy in charge of this like farm area, mm-hmm. um, and he says, "What's your name?" and he says, "Victor." He's like, "It's like, oh, hello, Victor." He's like, "No, no, I think there's a mistranslation here. My name's not yeah. Victor. That's what I am. I am the Victor, uh, kind of thing." And yeah, like, oh, that's an that interesting was... little dialect like difference. That's yeah, kind of cool. And and Superman puts together who he is from that. Like he's the one that won, you know. And what does that mean, you know, for the society? Because you have the, you know, where he lands at, it looks like this derelict city that's been through an apocalypse. And he starts flying around the planet, and he ends up in this, you know, and, farming area that looks a lot like Kansas. And there's a really interesting detail here mm-hmm. uh, that everyone here on this planet is all wearing, like, gas masks because yep. they've had this war and the air's unbreathable to them. But to mm-hmm. Superman, it's perfectly fine because it's actually like Earth's atmosphere now. Like they mm-hmm. think oxygen's toxic to them, and yeah. they're like, "You're breathing oxygen," and he's like, "Yeah, love it. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it keeps me going." <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and then when when he meets the the Victor, right? He's not wearing a mask. Yeah. Well, he he's behind like the wall, and he's in his like farm area. So yeah. presumably, all of his crops are making a nice little, right? You know, pocket or whatever. Um. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, all this, uh, I thought was interesting. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Victor basically helps him by giving him, like, a jetpack and, like, a breather and sends mm-hmm. him on his way. So the end of the issue is just Superman flying off uh, with his jetpack. Very, yeah, very sci-fi pulpy look there at the end. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, almost reminiscent of Orion to me. 
Yeah, because he's, he's got the glowing white light suit, and then mm-hmm. he's got like the this big clunky red, green, and purple jetpack. That yeah, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. It does make me think. Okay, what adventures is he going on? Because it doesn't feel like a lot of time has passed yet. He does say he's no. confused. He's not sure if he's been missing for days, weeks, or months yet. But right. it doesn't feel like we've cut into a big chunk of this twenty-year gap yet. I would right. assume. Well, and again, as and I'm going to throw back this old uh, this old gem that from from years past is as interstellar taught us mm-hmm. right gravity dilates time so you know who knows how long he's been out there at this point just existing because of the black hole so well yeah but well, i think in this case we do know though because like when he comes back and says it's been 20 years obviously mm-hmm. the point is, is it's not been 20 years on earth so it's been 20 years no, for no. him like so what I'm saying right. is, is that if, like, so you do you think we've already wasted like half of this twenty year gap with him just no, not half of it, but like, you know, how long was he passed out for before the, the the big green aliens found or the big orange mm. aliens found him, you know, we're we're not too sure, and that's that adds to his confusion, you yeah. know, because so. I, I think you know from his experience it's going to be twenty years, and I feel like we've only just scratched the Tricked surface it. of that, yeah. So I'm yeah. curious what like areas he ends up in where he's going to be yeah. there for some time. Like, what's going to keep him? Is it just that he's that far away? He's just he's in a completely different system. He's in a different galaxy, and he's going to it's just going to take that long to yeah. get back. And yeah. it's all the adventures along the way as he's coming home, yeah. kind of thing. And and you know, I I hope it kind of gets along the lines of of uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, mm. where we get to see these different alien cultures and him interact with them more. I mean, you the know, fact then, that we got two this. alien species yeah. in this issue makes me think we're going to get tons of that because they're yeah. already done two in one issue. Yeah, but like, yeah, but I want to see him like, like, kind of like Supergirl in some of those where he stops to help them, not just you know go through and you know like because that's, that's to me that's what Superman does right? He can't help himself. He sees someone in trouble, regardless. You know, he's gonna stay and help. You know, maybe that's what adds to him staying longer right like maybe he has a way home but he decides like i can't just turn my back on these guys you know um that'd be a fun little wrinkle but yeah i really really like the art though yeah like, they the are good um the, the different sci-fi kind of tropes like those masks and when superman goes to take off the mask to talk to the kid and just the panic on that kid's face you know it shows through really well yeah he almost kills a kid by taking off his mm-hmm. mask the, the fool <laughs> actually i i like the art a lot as well and i think there's good little moments like uh i don't know what you call it like in, in a movie you'd call this like a little silent edit where you'd put in like a little flashback to something well in the mm-hmm. middle of a scene but like in here what i mean is there's like, like an extra little panel as like superman we're getting the flashback of superman making the choice to take off the lasso and go mm-hmm. with the ship because it has to leave it has to jump um and you get this just little panel of him saying to lois on the way out the house i'll be you know i'll be back in a minute i'll be right back you know just there's that little moment of like oh that turned out to be a lie yeah no it was a lie but it turned out to be the biggest filthiest lie uh just a little moment like that just has this better moment uh of reflection Mm -hmm. which i I, I like he broke the number one rule in a horror movie is never say i'll be right back (laughs) because you won't but he didn't realize he was in a horror movie yeah you believe in horror movies because you're in one <laughs> i haven't liked that franchise but I, just, I know but that's a good that's a good take on it though i've never because... i don't even know if i've seen that movie but i've just i i the trailer played that line like a million times so yeah. i'm aware of it yep yep but 
But yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, there's a lot of variations of this. Do you believe in porn? Because you're in one. <laughs> but you gotta say it super ominously. You know? <laughs> That's even scarier than no, the No, or if anything, you go the opposite. You go super, like, yeah. camp with it. Like, yeah. do you believe in porn? Because you're in <laughs> one. You silly goose. <laughs> yeah, that kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but back on track to That's this what you say too. in the prison when someone drops the soap. <laughs> um, God, now I can think of his prison mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the uh, the stuff at the beginning, too, with Bruce and, and Lois and how Bruce is helping Lois uncover this stuff going on. Uh, and it's all just a backdrop for for, you know, it's almost like Lois is trying to distract herself from what's going on with Clark. Yeah, actually, that's the other thing I liked about that. So I said that I liked how they're really selling, like, how this affected Clark. Mm-hmm. I think part of that is seeing Lois and Bruce, like, talk to each other about mm-hmm. him. Like, they're both yeah. concerned and they're both, like, but they're not including him in the conversation because he's too hurt. Right. So they're mm-hmm. kind of, like, talking about him in this sort of, like, almost parental yeah. way where, where he's trying to give her advice. Like, it, it really felt like, oh, shit, he's kind of broken and there's two, mm-hmm. like, you know, his wife and his best friend are trying their best yeah. to... Well, and that's what makes it feel so tethered to reality, right? Is yeah. that it is best friend and wife having the conversation about the dudes that has just really seen some stuff and neither of them really know how to break through, so they're, you know, they're they're, they're relying on each other to get through this. It, it does make you wonder how bad things are going to get, like, on this journey. It really mm-hmm. does imply things are going to get serious. Yeah. Which is interesting, and I hope it kind of lives up to that. But mm-hmm. I, I, I do, honestly, my favourite snippets of the issue might be this stuff in the present day, and maybe mm-hmm. that might continue to, is if we get, like, a little bit of this every issue to sort yeah. of just, you know, Bookend yeah, it or yeah, give it this grounding quality. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, the, the breathe Clark stuff was that was the one that stuff like when when you watch movies about you know soldiers that have come back from war, right? Mm. And they just kind of get stuck staring off into space. Yeah, the PTSD, you know? the panic attacks, yeah. that kind of thing, and that type of stuff. And for Superman, it's going a little bit different with you know him holding his breath where he's fine, right? But you know, for Lois who experiences life as a human. You know him not breathing is is not good, so uh, of course her panic as his wife starts to even poke through. But yeah, uh, and again the the art there really really sells it to her coming up behind him and you know just offering you know comfort. Uh, just real, real nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, were you given Superman Lost issue two? I'm gonna give them seven point five. Yeah, I'm happy to give this the eight. I think uh, I still, I'm still really liking the book. It wasn't yeah. quite as tight as the first one, but there's still a lot yeah. of nice little techniques in here to make me care about what's going on, and uh, the, the the human drama element is my favorite part, which is you know is cool in a story that's going to have lots of like you know universe yeah. trotting and alien yeah. races and stuff like that. Outside the because Superman stuff, he's very relatable throughout, right yeah. on a human level. So that that fixes it. Priest I, again, Priest knows what he's doing. There's just some storyline stuff to get from A to B, you know, uh, that are that add up. But no, as long as this keeps going, and because yeah, this is twelve issues, right? I want to say it's ten, rather than twelve. Okay. Yeah, so but maybe I'm misremembering. But I think it's ten. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Wildcats issue six. Matthew Rosenberg writing with Tom Derenick on the art. Matt, you uh, read this, or at least part of it, from what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> This is one of those books where I feel like Priest, Deathstroke, where there's a lot going on, 
and I'm reading a lot of books, so it feels like I'm missing things in between, even though I'm probably not. Um, and I say this every time I talk about this, is I can tell Matthew Rosenberg loves the Wildcats. I just feel like I need to be familiar with the Wildcats to enjoy this as much as, you know, as much as he enjoys writing it. So um, the team gets together at the beginning to, um, because Grifter's, you know, corpse wasn't our Grifter. It was a different realities. So they're trying to, you know, figure out why all of this. And it, um, it starts with Marlo on a, in a golf tournament and someone's asking him questions um, about like, so, like, look, you guys got involved in this war, the Halo Corporation, and because you guys got involved, that allowed this other company, or other company, other country to come in and basically seize control and then, it, you know, put in a fascist dictatorship. And then that, that company or that uh, country was already being backed by Halo. So I, it all feels like, you know, you guys being involved is very intentional and you're doing some back shady stuff. And Marlowe was like, well, I'm sure there's a question in there. Uh, who are you? And it's Clark Kent from the Daily Planet, right? So um, Marlo tries to just hand wave it all by going like, look, we do the difficult things so other people don't have to. You wouldn't understand any of this type of stuff because, you know, as a reporter, you're just here to report. You don't have to make the tough decisions, you know, not realizing that he is uh, Superman. And then he gets upset with his, you know, the guy that's driving his cart. You know, he's like, well, who love the Daily Planet here? Like, we're not supposed to have, like, actual news people here. Um, and then uh, Grifter goes to find Lady Tron, who's the, the cyborg lady that kind of controls them through their nano stuff. And she's at some, like, BDSM place, you know, watching people, you know, do that type of thing. Um, and Grifter shows up, and she's like, you know... This is weird because I have no more contact with your nanos. It's almost like you're you have none. Um, and uh, Zealot and and uh, the girl Fairchild are meeting up with members of the new team from that um, uh, the the Seven Soldiers, and um, they end up you know getting into a fight because where they're showing up. Um, where they're showing up is someone has stolen technology from Halo and they're there to get it back. So when they go in, they start getting shot at and they find out that it's Toyman on the other side. And that apparently Halo had used some of Toyman's tech to build the Spartan androids and that he was basically taking his technology back. They saw that as stealing. So they sent the team after him. Um, but Zealot and Fairchild are there just basically to run interference because they've been talking to Lady Tron, uh, basically through a back channel, and they're trying to figure out why Halo is suddenly sending them on these weird type of missions. Like they hadn't done this before. Like why they had they had burned uh, Grifter. Uh, while they're doing that, Grifter's getting into the mainframe because when they killed uh, Cray Deathblow, they so I found this out in this issue. Deathblow is almost like a computer program that they plug in. So, like, Michael Cray is the user of that program, and it stands for, there's a, um, it stands for Digital Biological Latency Operation System, or Operating 
system, which is known as the death blow uh, system, is a parasitic program. So basically, that's how they're able to download him into new bodies, is through this. So when the other team had killed the last death blow, uh, Michael Cray, they had put him in this big mainframe and walled it off from everything else. So almost like they're trying to take him off the board. So Grifter's getting in there, because Lady Tron has found this out, um, and ends up running into Spartan, who's the big, you know, one of the androids. Um, and they end up getting into a fight, um, and uh, he picks up Grifter. It looks like he's going to kill him. Um, you know, uh, they talk with Toy Man. They're all very confused in all of this stuff. Um, one of the other guys who, I don't know who it is. I think it's supposed to be Savant, starts going after Zealot and calling her Zealot, which she doesn't like, and is just, you know, um, it's like, you're, you're, you know, we should have expected this from you. You're only in this for yourself. Um, they get into a fight. He goes to shoot her in the head. Uh, and she's like, well, you seem like you've forgotten how to count because you're out of bullets. And then she runs him through. Um, and this is the part that I got to. I'm going to try to make this as I go. Um, they have this team dead to right. So Fairchild's beat Warblade, the guy with the, the hand, you know, the, the Freddy, Freddy Krueger fingers. And then Spartan comes in and takes them out. Um, they find out that that was all a ploy by Ladytron and Grifter to get Deathblow, right, Michael Cray, into Spartan's body because he's an android. So as soon as that android had entered that computer mainframe, Grifter is able to download, you know, it into him. So now they have a, a, basically an extra body uh, into, into this. Um, and, and that's about where I, I left off. I, I never went back to finish it. I don't know if I will, because it all feels... Like, I feel like who's ever pulling Halo strings isn't, you know, in Wildcats, in, uh, not chronology, but, you know, as, as the fans would know, I feel like it's, they're being manipulated by someone bigger. Um, and as I'm thumbing through, it looks like Lady Chon's talking to the Void, and maybe the Void's behind this. I don't know. Um, but one, one major highlight, though, is that Batman meets up with... Uh, Bruce or Bruce meets up with Clark at a diner and Clark's like, how'd you know where I would be? Uh, he's like, well, cause there's only one place with, you know, the best apple pie and that's in Smallville. And I know you're constantly trying to find it. So I just, you know, I knew you'd be here. Uh, and then they talk about, you know, who's, who's behind all of this because um, it didn't sit well with Batman that majestic had claimed to be from Krypton when, you know, Superman would know better. And Superman's like, yeah, no, that guy's definitely a child. I, I just know from my quick experience with him. So um, I wish I had finished this to give a proper review. But I put it down last night and I was like, eh, I'll talk about up to this part that I read. Because I did like the stuff with, with Deathblow and Grifter and, you know, not being able to feel the, the nano things anymore. So I'm sure there's been a, a switch of some kind. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm not that well uh, versed in Wildcats, but whoever they usually end up up against, I'm sure, is now in control. Because Marlo also feels very self-serving and not, you know, part of this hero-type group. So uh, if I had to rate it, because the art, the art's still Segovia. It's still, you know, 
feels like wild storm of the era so it, it's pretty well the action sequences are well handled like the the fight between savant and i think it's savant anyways and zealot is pretty pretty good um but if i have to be fair in rating it it's just a 6.5 okay yeah okay um yeah i was just reading about uh <laughs> Uh, a pizza got delivered to the wrong address in Detroit and the neighbours got angry because the people ate it and a shootout commenced and over 30 rounds of ammunition were fired and lots of people got shot including one death so uh, only in America I just pizza mm-hmm. oh. mm. have have the neighbours that ate it just buy you a new one there's no reason I mean, I'm sure if you just phoned the restaurant and said, hey, yeah. you didn't deliver the pizza to us, they, they just yeah. have to give you a new one. That's True. how it works. <laughs> but Also, though, just not a bad neighbor, too. Like, we've had food delivered here by accident because a lot of ours, I'm in a townhouse, and they all look very much the same. Uh, and, and we've had delivery drivers drop off at our house, especially during COVID when it was no contact. You know? And, like, I could have had free Popeyes, but I, I took it to the neighbors that was on the address, you know? Mm. So, you know, anyway, silly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Danger Street, issue five, Tom King writing with Jorge Fornes on the R. So, yeah, obviously this is very serialized. We sort of just pick mm-hmm. up where we left off with Orion uh, sort of confronting Starman and Warlord. Mm-hmm. And Warlord tries to, like, negotiate and just talk peacefully to him. But mm-hmm. Orion's got a, he's a bit of a tempered fellow. You know, he's he's... I've got the patience to to do such you, a thing. You you describe him as a he has a Donald Duck temper. <laughs> and basically, you know? this fight is so bombastic that it starts causing like earthquakes in the town. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the rumbles from it. Uh, the kids see it on a nearby roof in the t- roof in the town. Lady Cop feels the rumble, so everyone's kind of like mm-hmm. throughout the issue on their way to this fight because it's just mm-hmm. attracting all this attention. You know, at least around this town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a great full page spread of like this, like you know, it's like a, a dome of energy in the distance as they're fighting, uh, with the kids looking. Uh, it's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of the other stuff, obviously, in this issue is uh, the green team and Manhunter get after uh, the the blonde one with the glasses. Uh, yeah, the movie, the movie exec guy. The movie guy, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like being sleazy with a well, it looks like an Actress. adult woman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's been all sleazy and casting couchy, and he opens the door to this trailer, and the manhunter's standing there. But something interesting happens here is that the kid starts begging for his life. Says, "I can give mm-hmm. you money. I can give you power. Do you want to be in a movie? I can do all these things for you." Mm-hmm. Manhunter can't take the shot, and then he tries to punch him, and he can't do that either. And this, I, I thought this was great writing. Actually, this little kid's demeanor changes from p- like pissing his pants and begging. Uh-huh to oh i see what this is you're incompetent you can't perform you're, you're pathetic yeah. yeah he just he starts like being a, a little shit because he thinks he's safe um and it's explained over the next like page or two that this is codename assassin using like a power he has that yeah. he can telepathically like protect him and it stops manhunter from killing the kid but it, uh, it feels like it takes a lot out of him right because you see him fall over yeah he faints basically yeah, yeah. Uh, and when the the main kid uh, is like asking about this later, and he's he's talking about it, the, the, just to cut to that scene now, the main kid's like, "Well, it takes a lot out of you to protect all mm-hmm. three of us, because obviously there was four, but one died last issue." Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, 
how about instead of protecting all three of us, you just protect me and makes a deal with them. And so we get like a great payoff to this later in the issue Mm -hmm. where this blonde movie kid is like, oh, you're here again talking to Manhunter and he starts like trash talking and Manhunter just grabs his throat and strangles him to death. And it's actually really satisfying because this kid is so unlikable and such a little prick. The you, it's, you cheer, yeah. It, like you're you're on board. You're like, yes, go for it, Manhunter. Like we're into it. So, as Matt's dogs, uh, yeah, that's right. We might have an intruder. Let me let me double check. <laughs> so, so I can yell. So that stuff's uh was was pretty good. It's it's like okay, this is setting up that there's really the one kid who is the main bad guy out of the green team. Uh, so that's got that going. There's more fighting with uh, Starman fighting Orion. Uh, Starman is obviously trying to he because he, he wants the kid to try and save him because he feels he's guilt and he wants to uh, uh, redemption for what he did. He wants to fix what he did. He's kind of desperate. Uh, and Orion wants the kid's body for you know high father and and shit. Uh, so uh, basically, Warlord is stealing the coffin quietly whilst uh, Starman's fighting Orion. So he's like sneaking the coffin out into the car and like try to drive away, uh, which is honestly quite entertaining, I have to say. Uh, so yeah, he snuck the coffin away in the car. Uh, lady cop's on the way. She's cracking jokes about, oh, this might be nothing, but if it's those kids setting off fireworks, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to uh, kill them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, so be you're prepared to book me on murder charges. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, and there's a scene in the middle as well where uh, Jack Ryder, like uh, Batman, mm-hmm. shows up to basically tell him, "Hey, stop this outsider's crap. It's fake. There's no such thing." Yeah. And Jack Ryder, instead of like saying that he kind of feels the same way, because we know uh-huh. he does have questions about these outsiders, yeah. we know he's kind of forced into saying what he's saying. He's very. Uh, confrontational with Batman and tells him to piss off, even though we know he kind of agrees with some of the things that Batman's getting at, uh, which is which is interesting. It, it kind of like gives him a bit of a layered character. It makes him very much a contrarian, right? Yeah. Because now that Batman's telling him, like, you need to stop, he's going like, oh, do I though? Why? Is because what I'm saying is is you know causing you problems because you're never you know. I like here that he tells him as he's literally blowing smoke at Batman uh, from a cigar is, you know, he's like, you're popular with the elites, you know, but the regular people, they listen to me. So all the people that work in your mansion, they probably listen to me. And I heard this all in uh, what's his name with the bow tie. Oh God. From Fox news. He drives me nuts so much. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. This is all with the smarmy stuff of Tucker Carlson, you know? Yeah. And and that's what I'm, you know, because like you just said, he he knows a lot of this outsider stuff is just being used to, you know, to, to foment, like, hostilities between people. Yeah, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's a boogeyman for everyone. Yeah. Like, all the common people to sort of, like, get together right. and hate together, yeah. But then, you know, and it comes together, and, and as in his address there at the end, with Batman, but here it's like, well, if Batman's telling me to stop, then, you know, why? Why do I need to listen to you? And it was just one of those things where it was very maddening because it's like, writer, you were so close, you know? Yeah, so, it, it, it pains him as this guy who you can't accept uh, yep. being told what to do or uh, that, 
that he's wrong or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was getting a crack. I was cracking up at a Warlord talking to himself as he's still in the coffin whilst mm-hmm. the, the big fights happen. There's a great full yeah. page spread with him. With the, he's got the coffin in his shoulder like uh, Arnold with a tree trunk at the start yep. of Commando. Uh, yeah. With the there's the fight going on behind him. It's really great stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I guess I just want to be a superhero. Yes. Yeah, and being fun. a superhero is still in the the the, the coffin mm-hmm. of a, a child who died. Because of something that he was doing. Yes. Like again, oh no, it's the consequences of my own actions. Yeah, and the uh, the dingbats almost run into him in their little uh, quad yeah. uh, as they're driving towards him. And mm-hmm. uh, we get the scene with uh, the main, the main green team kid uh, getting code name assassin to work for just mm-hmm. him and not the others. So he's like turning on his friends essentially. So yeah, uh, the fight keeps going. Um, everyone kind of coalesces uh, when. Warlord almost hits the kids with the car. He swerves and the coffin goes flying into the desert. Uh, and the body goes flying out of it as well. It's actually kind of yeah. comically dark. Uh, and then he hits Lady, uh, Lady Cop's car. So she she gets like hit with that. Uh, the kids have got a gun, uh, yep. which they got last issue. From, yeah. <laughs> What's his name? He's just talking about grapes at the beginning. And he reaches into the bag, doesn't realize there's a gun in there. Yeah, that was pretty funny. So, so they they're about to confront Starman. Uh, the blonde movie kid gets strangled, uh, and that's kind of where the issue all you know, every, all this mm-hmm. stuff is going off. You know, it kind of it does this thing where the last page is a nine panel grid, and it's all like yeah. everything's something different. It's Jack Ryder talking about shit in one panel. It's Warlord having he's like mm-hmm. being knocked out in the car. It's Lady Cop being injured, getting out of her car. It's uh, Starman killing over because the fight with Orion was too much, even though he won. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the kids holding the gun. Um, it's you know, it's, it's all this stuff, uh, just all together building up to the just the to be continued. Yeah, um, yeah. I think if nothing else, what this book is doing really well, it's reminding me a little bit of Doomsday Clock and its tone mm-hmm. and how it's jumping around all these characters, and I'm so engrossed in what the story is. Obviously, yeah. it's not doing this big continuity defying thing that Doomsday Clock was, but it's given me a lot of like similar storytelling vibes as that, and I like yeah, that. King- King has a lot of balls in the air, and we all know exactly where they're going, right? We can follow the through line pretty well through through each of these characters. Yeah, I, I think the first issue was, like, good, but it was a lot to take in all these new characters. But now yeah. that we're five in and we're well-versed in all of them now, it's, like, yeah. it's so easy to read now, and it's, it's really enjoyable. So I'm glad well, I'm glad that hurdle was there just to, like, mm-hmm. get us uh, to that point. Uh, and and writer's speech here at the end talking about, you know, the superheroes and how you know we live in a world uh where saintly men fly above us and save us um and it raises you know this question like but do you feel safe it's very lex luther of if we have to rely on the superheroes you know does that make us you know beholden to them or you know they should be afraid of you you're you know you know you're the ones they should be afraid of and it's you know, uh, the helm of Naboo at the end, uh, his last tag for the issue is monsters forsake monsters as surely as brothers are loyal to brothers. But will these rules from which we build our story stay fast and true? So it's this whole thing. It's like, you know, he they keep referring to Creeper as an ogre, you know, and this whole thing of, you know, as monsters will forsake the monsters. So, you know, they'll they'll turn on each other, much like the green team kids did. As the brothers are loyal to the brothers, you know, as as the kids will stick up for, you know, their fallen friend. Um, and it's almost as if, like, we're almost just passengers on this and no one has agency. You know, that this stuff is just playing out. 
um, regardless. So I'm still curious to see how the helm of, of fate factors into all of this and why he's telling us the story. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but it almost feels like there's an air of predestination there in mm. that in that final um, panel. So, but yeah, man, Fornaz's art looks fantastic throughout. Like the sequential stuff, like the scene where the where the blonde kid, the Hollywood green team, gets strangled, and it just you know it feels very much like a storyboard. Yeah. So you can just you know feel it. So. The, se- the sequentials are so strong. Uh, the, the, the it's full of these moments where you can sort of see the beats of the scene kind of like playing out Mm -hmm. and it makes moments like the strangling entertaining or even the earlier Mm -hmm. scene with him where his demeanor changes Mm -hmm. like and that and that a lot of that is in the art it's not just the dialogue it's his facial expression changes to like arrogance after he was Mm -hmm. sniveling and begging for his life uh like that stuff is really good um and then on top of that you've got all the uh you know like it's it's juggling all these characters who all sort of bring their own tones with them so you know yeah. you, you cut to like the, the the little joke bit with Lady Cop, where she's talking to the other cop on the phone, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Ah, I'll kill those kids." You know, don't bother looking for the evidence, yeah, kind of thing. And it's all just very light and jovial. But then you've got the really serious, dark stuff with uh, these kids putting themselves in danger and all the rest yeah. of it. Well, and then that fight between Orion and, and Starman too, it feels like a clash of the titans. Yeah, that's that, that's kind of your comic booky thing, and I kind of love yeah. that it literally happens in the background for the most part. Yeah. You know, like Warlord's mm-hmm. actually just walking away from it and you just kind of see it happening in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of dig that. Um, yeah, also, you, you talked about the Warlord panel, which I really liked with him having the coffin. But also where the kid comes out of his trailer and Manhunter's just there, you know, holding a gun. Like, here's this world-class assassin, right? But at the end of the day, he's just holding a pistol on this kid. And it almost makes it more scary, right? Yeah. Than, 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 like, something with a superhero. Than him having... Like a laser gun or something. And there's it, also like dead bodies, like you can just see around off the, him. Yeah, on yeah. the floor. Like his security. So again, it, it hits with that predestination kind of vibe going through it. But yeah. It, it does feel like the whole thing's kind of like going to some sort of tragedy before there's mm-hmm. a, a happier outcome that yeah. I expect could happen. Maybe they'll resurrect the kid somehow. Uh, yeah, or maybe but maybe harsh... sometimes dead is better. Yeah. Right? But maybe the harsh lesson is, is that, you know, there's no easy way to fix your big mistakes. You have to yeah. accept that this is the consequence oh. of what you did. Oh my God. What if that is the main thing? And that's why King picked this, picked this obscure seventies one shot. Oh, cause he can kill just about, ones. yeah, he can kill just about anyone. No one's going to be mad well, at him. I don't mean like that, but like in the meta sense of like DC thought this was a mistake. That's why they put them all into one. Mm-hmm. And like, even through this story, you really can't, fix that mistake right it's all being told in this one massive story okay okay i see what you're saying you're right um you know and of course i'm sure there's gonna be more you know subtext and all that type of stuff because the king does so well but i like in the meta sense that that's why this book um with these characters uh and it's quite stunning how well he's made them all fit into the the modern world right these are all kind of very 70s concepts like of the green team of these super rich kids compared with the dingbats or these street urchins and whatnot um but i don't ever think the green team were necessarily villainous in the 70s i think it was just like this richie rich kind of book okay Uh, so to turn them into like the the main villains and moneyed interests if you will because you know each one of them represents a different like corporate titan and here you have uh the, the hollywood kid kind of representing the dark side of media 
Um, you had the oil baron kid. I don't know who the kid is who was doing the the speech to the military. Um, I'd say he's, uh, he's like a politician. The, the, the yeah. Group. And then there's one more, and I'm not familiar with the last one. But well, he died last it, issue. So. <laughs> well, no, that was the one I was talking about. He was the oil baron Oh, kid. was he? Okay. Yeah, he was the one that was going up to, you know, look at this pristine land. I can't wait to get drilling. Well, I assume that the one that we can't remember will probably yeah. die next issue, given right. that we're, we're, we're on that trajectory. Well, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if to make things easier, he sends Coney to assassin after him. Mm. Right? And we get Manhunter and him racing to kill a green team member. Uh, so, hmm. but yeah, no, this book is very good. This one was very dense, though. Um, it took me at a kind of busy week, so I'm lucky that we only had like three books to cover. But this one took me a couple tries to get through just because it is very dense, but not in that like hard to read way. There's a lot going on. And so I would put it down and pick it back up and have to, you know, get to where I'm going. But it, so I feel like at least I'm getting my money's worth. Oh yeah, like I love how packed each issue feels. Mm-hmm. It feels like I'm getting a, a good like chunk of story, a good chunk yeah. of uh, like a series like, each time. Yeah, on my first read, read I got to the the scene with Lady Cop, right where she goes to go off, and I'm like, oh, this has got to be almost done, and I was only halfway done, you know. So yeah, seventeen out of thirty four, exactly halfway, and I felt, you know, I just got to get over it, and I still have a book to go. Um. But yeah, no, it's very enjoyable though. Yeah, no, it's great stuff. I, uh, I, I think what's nice about these Tom King twelve issue books is it's not just that they're all great and they're all doing good stuff. It's that every time I think another one is maybe not going to work quite as well because it's different, it ends up being good in its mm-hmm. own way in a way that's that is very mm-hmm. different to the previous ones. Uh, so I. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I have nothing but praise for it, basically. But uh, looking forward to issue six. What are you rating Danger Street issue five, Matt? I mean, that's an 8.5. Yeah, I think 8.5 sounds about right. Uh, so that's what I'll go with. Uh, all right. So every month to patreon.com slash TV at one of the higher tiers, you can make myself or Connor read a book of your choosing. Uh, so I'll be talking about Batman and the Outsiders issue two today. So end of the last issue was... Uh, uh, Batman and Black Lightning being captured by the villain, the uh, the guy who's ruling Markovia at the moment. Um, so you know, we interest this. So I set it up in a two part. This this issue wraps up this story. So this wasn't like a long arc necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Batman's up in chains. Uh, you've got this the bad guy Baron Bedlam. Uh, you know, taunting him and gloating, and Batman the whole time is in his head thinking, "All right, Black Lightning." His back's turned to you. Anytime you want to fire your powers off and get us out of these chains, that'd be great. And he's, he keeps thinking that over and over again. And then Black Lightning reveals later on that he's not got his powers. It's like, that's why he hung up his suit, because he accidentally killed a kid, a girl, with his powers, and he's been kind of, like, retired ever since. Uh, so that's an interesting thing that, you know, Black Lightning's maybe going to have to deal with his recent backstory. But he also does the backstory of this villain of Bedlam, and... This guy, is, there's a shockingly dark moment here. It's just, it's one page, it's six panels, and it's just, it explains that Bedlam's father was just this regular guy in Markovia, but then when the Nazis came and took over, he aligned with them. So his father was, like, treated like, you know, this this great guy, and because he was his father's son, 
he was like treated like a prince and he was allowed to have anything he wanted and there's a panel where he's like holding a woman's hand and then the next panel she slaps him or no she hits him with a bottle actually and he says that any exceptions to like something that couldn't be mine uh, were not tolerated and as it says that the panel is him walking away and in the background you just see this woman hanging on a noose and i'm like holy Ooh. shit this is dark as balls uh so yes he this this guy had people hanged for rejecting him this is the the villain that we're dealing with here so yeah um batman finds out about black lightning meanwhile halo runs into katana and katana is trying to ask like who she is and what's going on um katana feels guilty because she feels responsible for black lightning getting captured so she's trying to go into like rescue him and halo goes in with uh but you know halo's still confused like you know she says she can fly and she's like can you katana and katana's like only on a plane and she's like what's the plane <laughs> so we're still doing like halo's fish out of water stuff right. uh geoforce resurrects he comes out of the ground uh they made the mistake of burying him after they thought they killed him uh and that basically gave him power and resuscitated him you think he yeah he pulls power from the earth right yeah so burying him in there is only going to make him you know resurrect yeah. that checks out so you know everyone's kind of coming uh batman gives a pep talk to black lightning which makes him like fire his powers up and it does it, it explodes the chain uh but the main thing that he's doing though is that metamorpho is like sitting there like on parts unconscious on the ground and he's like <laughs> basically batman's telling black lightning there's a full page spread here where he fires off his blast he's like resuscitate him with electricity do it <laughs> Strike him with lightning. So sure enough, Metamorpho wakes up uh, like he's been kick-started and starts using his powers to like hold off the guards and freeze Batman and Black Lightning and they get on their way. And they run into uh, the, the ladies. They run into Katana and Halo. But the first person they see actually is Lucius Fox because if you remember, the reason why they're all here, or at least mm-hmm. what, the reason why Batman and Black Lightning are here is because Lucius Fox got kidnapped. Uh, and... But they, they run into Lucius Fox and he's just like sort of standing casually holding a machine gun. And then the next panel reveals that the girls have already like freed him. So that's why he's like that. Yeah. But it was, it was really funny though. Like, wait, Lucius, were you like John McClaning your way around this base with a machine gun? Like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it, make, it makes sense about his about his kids becoming superheroes now. Yeah. You know? uh, so, yeah, there's some introductions here between some of the characters. Uh,. Yeah, uh, Black Lightning doesn't like Katana because she thinks she's a murderer. Um, Boy, that'll change in 40 years as they're having a romance. <laughs> very true. That's a very good point. That's a very yeah. good point. Uh, so they talk to some of the guards who feel sort of like they regret joining up. They didn't realize what they were signing up for. And he tells Batman like where to go find uh, the bad guy. Uh, and as they're on their way, Batman's like with the you know this team. Everyone uh, but Geo Force has not joined up with them yet. And Batman's like thinking, you know, this group they've got promise. Like maybe like I don't want to be in another Justice League, but maybe I could train these yeah, young young people. This feels like when the Justice League was good before too many rules get in the way of the cause. So he he's having these ideas, but that asshole Bedlam. You'll never guess what he's doing. He's blasting himself with the same science that the jace made that gave uh geoforce his powers so he can fly now he can control the earth 
And he goes off to like the center of Markovia and starts fighting the army who are trying to defend their country because he's trying to you know do this hostile takeover. And the outsiders come in and start helping them fight and like you know fight back the tanks and stuff. Uh, Geo Force shows up, starts fighting Bedlam. They end up on top of a castle. Uh, they're fighting back and forth. Uh, Metamorphos helping Jace, who later promises to try and find a cure for him. Uh, which seems to be always Metamorpho's promise. Oh, we'll, f- we'll cure you, Metamorpho, and it, it never happens. Uh, so they ha- they're having this fight, Geoforce and Bedlam, and it ends when Bedlam picks up a big bit of rock and then gets very weak and drops it on his own head. And we find out in the next page that because he's not a part of the the bloodline, uh, the, the Markovian royal family bloodline, which the science was developed for, his powers were temporary. And if he ever <laughs> if he ever uses the, the technology again, it'll kill him. Uh, whereas obviously Geoforce has his permanent. He's going to keep his powers. It's a uh, we'll we'll call it the metagene. Yeah. So yeah, yeah there's actually like a, a funny bit here. It's obviously just meant as a joke where they're on top of this castle and Geoforce says, uh, hey Batman, the world court will not judge him. The people uh, of Markovia will judge him. And he just tosses him over the side of the castle, and there's this, you know, panel of him falling to this, like, it's, it's like a group of villagers from Frankenstein with torches. It's, it's like a lynch mob. They're like, yay! Right? Yeah. What's so funny about this is that the height of this fall looks like it would just kill him, but Batman's right. like, yeah, that's a good choice, Geoforce. So obviously it doesn't kill him. The expectation here is that he'll land and the villagers are going to grab him and arrest him. But, arrest him in pieces. Yes. Yeah. But, like, realistically, he should be breaking his neck from this fall. <laughs> just gonna... well, yeah, and if the fall doesn't kill him, the the angry mob will, right? Yeah, maybe like, maybe it's like a like a I don't know if it'll show up on. A... No, all I get is nah, nah. okay. Let's just break. Yeah. But maybe it's like a, a bad wrestling dive where mm-hmm. the the you know the grip and the outside have to catch the person doing the yeah. insane dive. So these villagers have to catch him. That's the that's the the gist of this. Yeah. Well, or you get one of those dives where the guy over rotates and then somehow still okay, right? Maybe that's what he did, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that. And then Batman just makes his pitch. He's like, "You're all coming back to me with Gotham," and they're like, "What?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, "Ah, oh, you've got powers. You've got potential. You don't have any purpose. I can give you all these things. Come on, let's go." So that's that's basically the the end of issue two. Um. It's an enjoyable issue. It's obviously it has a very old school pacing in the way it goes, but it's mostly very entertaining. It feels like, uh, you know, it's the it's the team getting to know each other. It's a simple problem for them to solve. Like they made the villain really dark. Like they went mm-hmm. as dark as they could for a, a simple two issue villain. I don't know if Bedlam shows up again or if he's like a one and done type of thing, but yeah. um, it feels like a really dark sort of uh, backstory to give him. Uh. Yeah, like the art is is pretty solid. I I think um it handles the the big moments well. It's again, it's definitely an older school in terms of style, but it's mm-hmm. it flows very well. And I think it's a very interesting time period for comics because it's like kind of on this cusp of more modern storytelling, uh, but still very old school in a lot of ways. So uh, there's kind of a a nice classic quality to it. Uh, but it is quite compelling, and the characters are are compelling uh honestly mm-hmm. batman's thought process is probably the thing that feels the most dated because the way he just like, like 
oh, this team, I can make them a team. Like, the way he just sort of suddenly thinks that, it does feel very outdated. <laughs> He's collecting people. Yeah. Like he does Robins. But uh, they seem to be on board. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, maybe it won't be. Maybe next issue they'll complain they've basically been kidnapped by Batman. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I, I, no, I had a good time. Like, I think, you know, they gave me a villain that was easy to hate and it was easy to make to want to see him be toppled. Um, and I, I do appreciate that they did introduce this idea that Black Lightning is guilty because he accidentally killed someone and that he has a problem that, with Katana killing people. So I like that it's already introduced like a, a moral conflict that they can mm-hmm. debate. And we know where Batman stands on this stuff as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they bring that up more as the uh, as the series continues. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, Batman Now Series Issue 2. I will... Uh, you know, I'll give that... Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird rating these old issues some way, but I did really enjoy reading it, so I, I think I'm probably going to give it the 8. But, it, it's, you know, obviously it's different from a modern 8 in a lot of ways. Uh, so, yeah. There you go. Uh, so that'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week for it. Panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and our top 5, or top 2, uh, as the case may be, in a week like top, this. Top 3? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> You didn't finish the third one, though. I don't know if you can count no, that one. No, I still rated it, though, so it doesn't okay. mean three. Okay, okay. I can tell you. All right, panel slash mode. Matt, what you got? Um, whew. do I want to go Superman or do I want to go Danger Street? Um, I'll go from Danger Street. Um, I just like the, the collision of Starman and Orion. You know, that, that was sure. a really cool-looking panel. So, well, that'll be mine. Yeah, I'm going to go with that little shit being choked to death. Yeah. I, I really was enjoying and entertained by that page. Uh, yeah. Uh, cover of the week. Uh, not a lot I picked, obviously, because there's not many books. I will go with there's, the... There's only one option. Yeah, I'm going with the Lee Weeks variant for Superman Lost issue two. Oh, man, you're not going with the Tom King Danger Street? <laughs> did, did you look at it? I, I mean, I did. It's, it's funny. I'll, I'll give you that. I love how Lady Cop has a police hat, and it's and it's uh, it's noted, um, and he is he's got a street with danger written on it, so you know, um, yeah, no, it's only weak Superman, like that's it's very good. Yeah, um, I'll just change the options on this website, hon. Uh, right. Uh, so best art of the week. I mean, it's it's Danger Street. Right? Yeah, 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 it's Danger Street. Uh, and then ranking the books, Matt, go. Oh, number one, Danger Street. Two, Superman Lost. Three, Wildcats. Yep, number one, Danger Street. Number two, Superman Lost. Easy piece. <laughs> boom, boom. I like both books, though, so it wasn't a bad yeah. week, but it was just a very quiet yeah. week. Um, uh, I mean, there's a point that separated them for me, right? 8.5 yeah. or 7.5. That's a really good showing. Yeah. I do love reading comics from the 80s, though. It's, 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 it's yeah. kind of a blank spot where I've not read that many of them, so it's really nice reading that series from then. Yeah. Uh, so, very cool. Um, all right, next week, what are DC coming out? Hopefully more than three books. Uh, oh, there's a lot more than three. Because <laughs> oh. they're tight. Oh, that was a big one. Uh, yeah, so coming next week from DC Comics, we have Nightwing issue 103, The Flash 797, Batman Superman World's Finest issue 14, Wonder Woman 798, Superman issue 3, Catwoman 54, Batgirls issue 17, Deceased War of the Undead Gods issue 8, that's the final issue of that, we have Superboy The Man of Tomorrow issue 1, so start of that Connor Kent miniseries. Yep. Black Adam issue 10. We have DC Silent Tales issue 1 to round out the week. So 
yeah, a lot, much healthier week. Uh, good half dozen at least for me in there. So, uh, good, good. Um, so yeah, four, five, six, seven. I'll get seven books next week. Nice. Uh, so cool. Oh boy, very excited for the Flash. It's probably my most anticipated book, and I know, you know, we got we got Superman, we got World's Finest, but this is Ace babysitting Jay and Irie. Um, <laughs> that does sound like then- a lot of fun. It's uh, called Misadventures in Babysitting. So, uh, I'm here for that one. Okay. Also, I thought Green Lantern was out this week. I saw a lot of people, you know, talking about Green Lantern and how you get a... They're they're doing the rings again. Um, I don't see and, it on this list. Uh, no, it's not. But uh, Jeremy Adams, you know, tweeted, I hope I get one, which is very funny to me. Uh, Green Arrow's the week after. I don't see Green Lantern mm. on that week either, though. So... <laughs> wow. uh, I'm, I'm literally just going week to week till I find this Green Lantern issue oh, one I, yeah uh, it's on May 9th it's the second week in May oh week two gotcha. great so so there'll be a, another book with Danger Street and Superman Ooh, Lost we have Justice Society that week too yeah yeah I don't know and where issue, issue three of that's coming but oh yeah so guys I don't want to I don't want to you know crap in your cornflakes so there'll probably be no um Low energy Wildcats review that week. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sure everyone was waiting with Beatty. Oh, breath. we also have Spirit World number one that week too. That's a pretty healthy. Yeah, week two is not that bad. Next pretty healthy week two next, next month. month. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, there you go. Uh, that's yep. what's coming next week though. Uh, was the previous list and uh, let us know what you thought of this week's comics in the comments on YouTube or on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. We like to hear it. Join the Discord, all that stuff. Uh, if you want to support the show financially and all the content that uh, we make at Mail Fuzz Movies and Mail Fuzz TV, you can do that over at patreon.com slash TV and get some bonus content for your trouble. Uh, for this show specifically, you get early access uh, whenever it's ready on the Saturday night, uh, which is usually late in the night, depending on your time zone, but uh, you get it a bit earlier than everyone else if that's of interest. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us uh, we will see you next time um, also I'll thank our Patreon producers before we uh, wrap up so thank you very much to Tyler Hess and the Palacios, David Sharp, Bordenow, Christopher Moy, David Brown and Al Traisman uh, it's been a pleasure it's been Comics for the Multiverse episode 352 we'll see you next time, keep reading DC Comics and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force